0: Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my monthly live training. My next live training will be happening on Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about planning your day, the why. And the how. You could register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr Productivity. My guest on the show today, Kaya Gutnick. She is an operational efficiency strategist, and she is passionate about systems and processes. Do you have systems and processes in place for your business and home? Kaya's got a great wealth of information. So get ready, enjoy the conversation. Kaya, welcome to the show.
1: Good morning, Mark. So glad to be here.
0: I'm glad you're here too. We've been connected with, with each other on LinkedIn for a while. And uh you know, we're both in the sphere of uh productivity. And I, I love talking about productivity. I get really geeked yeah. out about it because, you know, more people need to be more productive. That's why you and I have a job.
1: Yeah, yeah. Except that I do have to say I have a pretty big gripe with productivity. Oh. I'm not uh I'm not a hundred percent with you, if I have to be honest.
0: Uh, And what's, what aspect let's, let's debate about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I find that so many people productivity is kind of this big word and it's a common word. People know it when they feel that they're not being productive or they're not achieving their goals. They look into productivity. And a lot of times I'll find that people work on their productivity and they do become more productive. However, They are not necessarily becoming productive at the right things. Mm. So whenever I work with clients, we always kind of take a step back from productivity and say, what are your goals, right? What do you want your business to look like? What do you want your life to look like? What is the best way to meet those goals that work? And then let's become productive at meeting those goals. Because so many times I'll even find people who create goals and once they reach them, realize they didn't actually matter.
0: I would agree with you 100% on that. When I work with my clients, they say, I want to be more productive. I'm like, okay, why and for what? So I always ask them those questions. And you bring up a good, very good point. If you're being productive on something that doesn't matter, what I call needle-moving activities, so you're productive at weeding your garden, is that going to get you your clients? So I think you bring up a very good point. I think we need to figure out our why. We need to figure out our goals because- it's kind of like putting gas in your car, but you don't know where you're gonna go. Then why'd you put gas in your car? You're not you know you're not, yeah, you're not yeah. going anywhere. Or you're packing for a trip, but you don't know where you're gonna go. So I agree with you hundred percent There's no debate there. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's really important to understand your why and your goals. Otherwise, productivity really doesn't make a difference.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I found a lot. But I find that a lot of people who don't, let's say, work with experienced people like yourself they'll research productivity they'll learn from people like yourself about productivity and then they kind of miss that other aspect
0: yes and that that's very important I'm glad you brought that up because there is a big distinction um, because if you don't have a goal, what are you gonna be productive at? So, see, that wasn't that bad. See, I didn't disagree with you. I agree with you. That's a very <laughs> valuable. Oh, doing
1: good so far. Bring <laughs> up something more controversial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, why, why, why getting the fight on my show? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, but you can disagree <laughs> with me. That's just fine. Um, so you're before we get into your what you're passionate about. Why don't you take about twenty seconds or so? Who is Kaya, and what do you do?
1: Ha. Funny question. No short. No. No twenty seconds to answer that. Um, twenty seven seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll make it work. In short, I do what I do because my brain works a certain way. It's not something that I was necessarily trained in. I was able to do a full time job in fifteen hours a week, and. When I was looking to open my own business, I realized that that was something that people really, really needed to be able to condense that 40-hour work week into 15 hours a week. And the reason that I was working 15 hours is because I had health concerns, I have a family, I have children, and it was important for me to be able to meet my financial goals, but also meet my personal goals as far as my health and my family.
0: I want to applaud you for saying that because there's this stigma. I got to work 40 hours a week. I got to work 50 hours a week. I got to 45 hours a week. And I'm like, are you really working 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week? I read a study, oh, recently, maybe the last year or so. And the average leader, I guess, is only really working on problems maybe one hour a day times five is five hours a week. The other things, they're busy work. And so yeah. when people first heard that, how did she work? 15 hours a full time job because that's all it really required. And I remember when I, when I used to be in corporate America way back in 2005 mm-hmm. before I got fired, you know, I had to work 40 hours a week, but I wasn't working 40 hours. You know, there's, there's the walking to and from meetings and there's people driving by your, or walking by your office and your, your boss wants a few minutes of your time and that's not really working. So I want people to really hear what you said. 40 hours, you're not really working 40 hours. And I would challenge people if you if you dispute what we we're saying, track how much how you spend your time during the day. And then go back and say, okay, how much this was real work and how much was busy work? And I'm I'm sure they're gonna find out the ratio is gonna be about the same that we think we're working more than we really are.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you know, you know, the principle of how work expands or contracts yep. to the amount of time allowed. So give yourself less time to do something and you'll do it faster. I mean, it works for me all the time. And sometimes I forget about it. Like, I don't know, two mornings ago or something, I had a really productive morning. I I had a meeting at nine o'clock. And so I took from 840 to to nine, 20 minutes, literally. And I was like, I'm getting all this stuff done. And I did stuff in 20 minutes that literally would have taken me an hour had I not had that time limit. And so the more you can kind of trick yourself into that and just say there were even times in my life where even two months ago, I was a little, there was a lot going on and I was just like, I need to work less hours. And I challenged myself to work four hours a week and it worked, you know? Uh, Um, Obviously you have to look at your goals and where you're at and, you know, different things like that. I'm not just saying that everybody can work four hours. Did I say four hours a week? I meant four hours a day. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that, that makes a bit more sense, you know, but I, I kind of shortened my, my usual, like six, seven hour work day into four hours and it worked because really it's that principle that it's just going to expand your contract.
0: I, I think you, uh, you channeled Tim Ferris the four hour work week. That's probably where you got it from.
1: Cause I, I read that in 2008 when it came out. Yeah, yeah, me
0: too. And he, and if you read the book people go, Oh, he can't work four hours a week. If you read the book, you understand what he's saying. He talks yeah. about automation. He talks about systems, which we're going to get into a little bit. So he means he only works four hours a week, but he's getting a lot of work done. There's a big difference. And, and you're, you know, you're hitting all the right notes here because people needed to hear this that it, it is about systems. And that's why I want to get into systems with you on the show today because systems, which include automation, save you so much time. Like, for example, when you signed up for this interview, you went through my Calendly system instead of going back and forth, what time works for you back and forth, which is an utter waste of time for both parties. Yeah. I Here's my calendar. You pick a date and time that works and we go from here. And so we're in 2020, September, 2020. There are so many things that can be automated that we don't need to be doing on our own. So talk for a few minutes about, you know, automation and systems and why it's so important for us to really to get free so we can do the stuff that we need to do that really matters?
1: Yeah. So I kind of have two things to say about that. First of all, a lot of people, even when you talk about like productivity or systems, they're very much like, I'm not, it's going to box me in or it's going to stifle me. It's going to stifle my creativity. Or if I'm too scheduled, I won't have time for the things I love. And for anybody who's listening who thinks like that, I want to remind you that systems and productivity are set up to allow you more of the things you love and not less. The system is going to create a way for you to have more time for the things that you actually want to do in your business. And so if anybody, you know, kind of is thinking that, Try and reframe that and remind yourself that the system is going to give you freedom rather than confining you. So, that's kind of the first thing I want to bring up. The second thing I want to bring up is that when I talk about systems, a lot of people don't even understand what a system is. And so, my most simple way to explain it is like a repeatable way to do something. So, the most simple explanation, like, you know, the most simple. System would be a checklist, you know, like literally just a checklist. And if you even just have an onboarding checklist or, you know, something simple like that, so that every time you're onboarding a new client or a new employee, you don't have to remember all the things and all the things stuck in your head, I would say that the ch- a checklist is the simplest form of a system where it just helps you remember you know, what needs to get done for that specific workflow. And you don't have to keep all the pieces in your head because another hugely underestimated thing, and Mark, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one, is that people underestimate their mental energy. And when we're so busy remembering things and trying to keep things in our head, our head has less space for the creative things, for, you know, the thought that we need to do in order to really be successful. And when we're so busy remembering the things and worrying that we might forget something, it does not give us the space to really be creative and productive in our business.
0: I love that, and you know, it's fun. I, I I was laughing when you were talking about the checklist because my wife was in the travel industry, and of course, with COVID, she lost her job. and And so, one of the things she does is she actually does the post processing of the podcast. So when we're done here, I do the intro and the outro, and then she takes care of everything. Well, I had to create the list. Because it was in my head and I had to sit there one day and go, what is everything I did? Cause I did it in autopilot, but that's great for me, but she can't read my mind. So one day I sat here and it took me so long. Cause I'm like, okay, hit this button. Holy crap. I had like, I think 60 steps to do one thing, but it was all in my head. But to your point, if you're going to have more than you involved in the business, well, you're going to have to have it written down. And we got to get things out of out of our head. And I'm a big fan, as I know you are. If you have a thought, capture it. I don't care if it's a notebook or an app because your brain's going to forget it. Capture that thought immediately. Even if you don't look at it for another week, at least it's not in your brain. It's someplace you can go retrieve it from. And so I love your idea of a checklist. So if you're doing something repeatedly, especially if you have teammates, write it down. That way you don't have to remember it. And like I said, entrepreneurs, we are control freaks. We like to have everything in our heads. It's not a good recipe for things.
1: No, no. And another thing that I recommend is using video when you need to document a process. Ah. So, you know, if you use something like loom.com, that's a great example. There's also a new software called Simply SOPs, which, you know, you can take a video of your screen while you're doing it. And kind of narrate the process, so it ends up being a lot easier. You know, so the next time you were editing a process, uh, a podcast, you could just take a video of yourself doing that and narrate the process, and then that would become your SOP. And to take that even one step further is that once you give it over to someone, like you said, your wife, when let's say something changed in the software or something changed in the process, it can become their job to re-record the mm-hmm. video so that it doesn't always fall on you. And they're kind of keeping those SOPs updated without you having to worry about them.
0: Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, mrproductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. I am probably the worst trainer in the world. I mean, I can help my clients really well, but I I don't have the patience because it's in my head, and I'm like, why can't you get this? And my poor wife, she goes, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, read my mind. I wish I could download everything in my mind, but yeah, it's right. Part of the One con- day, yeah, it's part of the control freak in me. But you know, documentation is so important because. Uh, Tony Robbins once said, if you're ever going to expand, it's going to be more than you. It's going to have a team. Well, the more mm-hmm. people are in your team, as you know, you have to document stuff. Because if you tell Susie one thing and then Bobby something else and Stacey something else, well, then they're all going to be doing diff- a different way. So if you have it yeah. documented, everybody knows these are the 15 steps you have to do to do X. Mm-hmm. But most people don't think about that. And you don't even have to be an entrepreneur to do this. You can have a system for home. You know, I remember when I was a kid many, many years ago, my parents didn't have it written down, but I came home. I had to do homework, change my clothes, homework. It was it was every day, you know, well, Monday to Thursday, I had to do my homework. That was it. And we have more systems in our lives than we think. It's just we're on autopilot. We don't realize that we're doing these systems, but I think we should keep them out of our head and put them on paper or in a, a notebook or something.
1: Absolutely. It's it's very true. And what you said about home as well. I mean, I have two little kids. I certainly use systems at home.
0: (laughs) So what are some mistakes people make when it comes to creating a system other than not having one, or probably one of the things I'm going to say is making it too complicated. What are some of the other mistakes people make when they're creating a system?
1: They want to get it perfect Ah. and they sit on it for a really long time until it's perfect and it will never be perfect. Um I always recommend people getting 80% there, you know, like the 80/20 rule. Yep. Get get 80% there, get good enough, you know, done is better than perfect type of thing. Get it out there and then when your employee asks you questions, you will then figure out where you missed, you know, in the in the documentation. So they'll come to you and ask questions and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't include that." And then you can even ask them to re-record it. And so they're even learning more because they've had they have to record a training on it.
0: Let's say someone is listening to you talk about systems and they're like, okay, I need to get systems, but I don't know how to start. You know, it sounds overwhelming to me. So what would your advice to be to someone who who really wants to start a system but they don't know where to start?
1: Open your voice note app and just start recording, you know, what you're doing. It, you know, if, if doing a Loom video and, and videoing your screen seems like a bit much, I would just start talking straight into a voice note app. And one of, there are many good ones. I personally use Google Keep. Um, I use G Suite. And the reason I like Google Keep is because I can record my voice in a note and it will transcribe it and keep the voice note. So, I'll have a note with a transcription and the voice note underneath so that, you know, if I think of something good content, you know, to post on social media or anything like that, or something that I want to remember to fix in one of my programs or something like that, I can quickly just record that and it transcribes it, which is very convenient. So, I would say like voice notes are the fastest way to usually the lowest barrier to start creating systems. Just start talking about what you do in order to get something done. You can either have the app automatically transcribe it. You can send it to a software like Rev.com or Temi and transcribe it. And that can become the first draft, at least, or the first part of your system.
0: And I, I like how you said, just get started don't worry about what should I start with first or what process just pick one and go with it and you can have multiple notes you can have these are my notes for this system and this is my notes for this system and just keep adding on and eventually you'll get to a point where it's all filled out and but it'll be a living document I think that's one thing people have to realize because you alluded to it earlier in the show this is a living document software is going to change processes are going to change customers are going to change and you have to have it so these aren't the 10 command written on concrete. This is something that can be changed. And you may have, like my wife have a couple ideas. She goes, why are we doing it this way? Why don't we do it this way? I'm like, hey, the end result's the same. Let's do it that way. Because just because I created it the original way, doesn't mean it's the right way. And you have to be open to say, well, there may be a better way. And there probably is in most times, most cases, there's going to be a better way of doing something. And if you have the spirit of saying, well, yeah, let's try it. I think that's going to be more advantageous than if you say no, I'm the boss, I'm the leader, I'm the creator, this is the way it want it done because it may not be the best way.
1: Yeah, so the SOPs I would say are just to help people, you know, someone who doesn't have an idea of how to do something, but then as long as like you said, the end result is the same, you shouldn't really be caring about how they get it done, obviously unless it takes them hours more time. Yes. But, you know, that's already becoming micromanaging when you're like, you must do it this way just because it's my way. You know, obviously, if there are reasons the end result is different, then, you know, there there might be reasons for them to use that specific system. But if the end results are the same, I mean, let them go with it. And if anything, let them record another video and then people can choose, you know, which which way they prefer.
0: Love it. What's the name of your company? Chaos control. I love that. I love that chaos control because there's no doubt. Okay, do you want to control your chaos? Go see Kaya. So, tell me, how did you come up with the name, and what is the the driving force behind behind your company?
1: So, I when I started out in business, I was just kind of using my name. You know, I I had an LLC in my name, and and that's just what I was doing. And I always knew that I wanted a company name because I do want my business to be bigger than myself and live beyond myself. And I don't want it to be about me. I want there to be, you know, other consultants. We're slowly bringing in, you know, other consultants and other professionals and other implementation and tech specialists. And so I knew that long term, I didn't want to have it on my name. And anyhow. I, I I was trying to, you know, I've, I thought about it for a few months and I don't know, you know, one day I saw the word chaos, like <laughs> random, like nothing to do with business. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, I need to use chaos in there. <laughs> and so I played around with it. Um, and then I came up with chaos control, you know, it, it worked and uh, the domain name was not available. Oh. So, you know,
0: well, I tell, I love The how company started. I just finished reading the book about how Instagram started. I I read the books Mm -hmm. on Google and Facebook and Apple. I love to know how people come up with names. It's to me, it's just fascinating. But it's interesting what you say. You didn't. You wanted the company bigger than you are. And I I I go back and forth on that because you look at Tony Robbins. He's huge. Got a multi billion dollar company. Everything's branded Tony Robbins. And then there's uh, Brendan Burchard's another person. Grant Cardone's another person. But there's other people who want to have a company name. And I think it comes down to your decision. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I, I, there, I don't think it's a wrong answer. You you made your choice. I'm making my choice. Although people know me as Mr. Productivity, because I don't know why they can't figure out like That eludes me. Maybe someday I'll discover that answer. But I, I think this world we're living in with COVID is so much under chaos. I mean, we do need to control our chaos, because when you think of the word chaos, it means out of control. And yeah. people's business life is out of control. People's homes are out of control because now the kids are home. You're homeschooling the kids. You, know, you have to, you probably have in-laws mo- living with you. And the world is just upside down right now, but the world is still moving forward. And I yeah. think if we allow the chaos to take control of us, Well, that's a recipe for disaster. That's when people get overwhelmed, they get frustrated and they quit. And we don't want that. And so I think we need to control our chaos. And I think uh, a company like yours can come in there and say, okay, listen, let us help you decipher this chaos. Because I think, I don't think there's too many problems that can't be unwound. It's just that when you're in the forest, you can't see the trees.
1: Yeah. And also when you have the mindset, you know, chaos can also be a mindset you know that you feel that you're overwhelmed then you will be overwhelmed and if you decide to feel calm you know you can you can feel calm and kind of climb your way out of the chaos so i also think you know it's a mindset thing but that you know that kind of goes back to the original point of our conversation where you know this is like a step back from productivity where it's like let's figure out what's going on and where you want to go and you know create your goals and and clarity and focus and then you can worry about productivity.
0: I, I really agree with you there. Is there anything on your heart that you want to share with us before we wrap up the show? Something that you'd like to share with the listener?
1: I really think, you know, a lot of what I said is that there's a lot of focus in business on, like you said, working 40 hours a week, working 50 hours a week. And we think working more is going to make us better business owners and working less is going to make you a better business owner um you know kind of condensing your work having focus having clarity taking breaks not getting burnt out you know like a burnt out business owner mm-hmm. very hard to move forward so I would love to shift this conversation from everybody moving towards income goals, right? Like everybody's like, okay, I want to hit six figures. I want to hear multiple six figures. I want to hit seven figures. I want to hit multiple seven figures, right? Wherever they're at. And they're always moving to the next goal. And I would love to be able to change that conversation to like, let's reach our next lifestyle goal, right? Like, what do you want in your life to change rather than always chasing that next income goal? Because- In the end of the day, the income is not going to make you happy. Hmm. You want certain feelings. You want to be able to enjoy certain things in your life. And that's why most people are chasing the money, but they kind of forget that because our culture is so focused on those numbers that we forget that those numbers are actually supposed to bring us stuff in our life. And we've like so disassociated that. So I'd love to bring kind of the spotlight and the focus back to... You know, what do you want your life to look like and what do you actually want to feel?
0: I love that you said that because I believe money is a magnifier. And if you're broke and unhappy, you're going to be rich and unhappy. If you're if you broke and happy, you'll be rich and happy. And what's interesting, you said about the, the goals, I used to be one of those people focusing on the money, but now I have a bigger purpose. My mom, as many of my listeners know, suffers from late onset Alzheimer's. She's 76. My dad's 79, full-time caregiver. And now my goal is I want to pay for private caregiving for them okay so now yeah. i have a bigger why because now i can hire someone to go into my mom and dad's house and take care of mom and take care of dad now that's not just chasing the money but the money's going to get me to, toward that goal but that was just recently for the longest time i'm like i want to be a millionaire a trillionaire a trillionaire i'm like but why <laughs> what's the money now i have a purpose i my parents cared for me when i they brought me into the world now it's my turn to take care of them so i think i agree with 100 we need to figure out what can we do with that money and i don't think plane trains and automobiles should be their answer maybe it is but i think if you can care for someone especially someone who cared for you i think that's in my opinion i think that's admirable yeah yeah absolutely so where can we find you online i know you're big on linkedin because that's where i found you you're really active on linkedin are you active anywhere else or is linkedin your home
1: linkedin i'm mainly on linkedin i'm i do a bit on facebook um and then i have my website
0: okay and uh so where would you like people to reach out to your website or linkedin or both LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, because you, you, like me, you're one of the very few people of LinkedIn Live, so you go LinkedIn Live. I'm kind of addicted with it because now I'm like going LinkedIn Live like seven days a week. I'm doing all these interviews and stuff like that. I'm having a lot of fun. The one problem I discovered three days ago is... um when your internet goes out, because it's live, like if my internet dropped out right now, please Comcast don't drop the internet right now, but I could actually stitch it together when you're live. Right. It's just like they, they cut the internet out and it has died. And, and when I went back to watch yeah. live, my guess is like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> Cause you can't control it. It's live, right. but, but it yeah. is so fun because when I'm finding out people on my LinkedIn live that may not be a fit for the podcast, like you're a fit for the podcast, but let's say someone's not a fit for a podcast. Well, I can have them on LinkedIn live. Which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. So I can still serve the audience. Kaya, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure to finally have you on the show. We've been planning this for a while. And yeah. I, and I, even though you thought you disagreed disagree with me, you really didn't because I, I agree with you going back to your first point. Why be productive if you have no goals? It, it makes yeah. no sense. I mean, there's, you know, if you want to, if you, you know, you're trying to figure out like what uniform you're going to wear, but you haven't even learned how to play a sport. Well, why are you buying a uniform? It doesn't make any sense. So thank you so much for being on the show. It was a delight having you on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Mark.
0: And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training. Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern, going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. Register by clicking the link in my show notes or, and the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, Productivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.